My name is Bernard Guerra, and I'm your host of the Apartment Investor Series podcast, where I provide an in-the-trenches look at the multifamily real estate market. I have been fortunate for nearly 25 years as a broker to learn from and witness what super successful apartment investors have been doing with their investment properties. This podcast highlights how the experts are maximizing their multifamily investing. Let's get started. Good afternoon. We're here with Gabe Johansson. Uh, Gabe, how are you today? I'm good. How are you, Bernie? Good, good, great. And uh, you're CEO of two companies, not just one, right? SMI companies, yeah. They're closely related, but we they are separate entities. SMI real estate and SMI property management. We've recently expanded, actually have a capital team, SMI Capital. And uh, next month, we're launching the SMI Fund. So we're moving into uh, a little bit of uh, syndication as well. That's fantastic. Renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's let's start with the commercial property management. What's okay. you know, um, what's going on in the, in the world? The majority of our portfolio is multifamily. So we do manage um, probably about 40 commercial buildings. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say on the commercial side, specifically in the mid valley around Salem, um, leasing activity is up. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, I would say vacancy is lower than what most people would expect based on some of the news headlines that you see out there. So, Are you talking uh, about office space? or? Yeah, I would say office yeah. and retail okay. um, yep. in our area are doing better than what a lot of people would think. So as an example, mm-hmm. Salem Center Mall, I think during COVID was 40 to 50% vacant. Today, mm-hmm. it's about 11% vacant. They've, okay. they've sort of repurposed that mall to include more of a local uh, business owner rather than some of the bigger box type right. stores. Oh, cool. And so I think retail has sort of reimagined itself. I don't see rents um, really taking off anytime soon, but I think mm-hmm. we've sort of solved the problem. They stopped building, you know, retail, you know, several years ago now. And so I think we found a little bit of equilibrium uh, there and of course, some of mm-hmm. our buildings have been torn down and are turning into multifamily now. So that that is part of it as well. We've lost some of our retail space, at least in this in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, we manage a little bit of office. Office is definitely cooler, but um, but we are seeing some fairly sizable leases get signed right now. And so mm-hmm. I think there's more activity than than uh, maybe what what you would imagine. I'm not super bullish on office either. Right. I don't think anybody really is right now, but. Uh, but I don't. I don't think in some of these smaller markets you hear on the in the news cycle they talk about these smaller markets really suffering in, in office. And I would say at least for our area that's not mm-hmm. really the case too much. Do you think you guys have benefited from uh, companies leaving Multnomah County? Sure, or the city of Portland. Yeah, yeah. I think that all all markets just outside of of Multnomah County mm-hmm. um, have benefited from you know, just some of the exodus from that market in, into other areas, not only from an investment side, but just right. from a business side from yep. where people want to live. Uh, certainly, I, w- I would say that outlying markets from Portland have, have definitely been the benefactor of some of what's been going on up there the last few years. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And well, obviously, property management and multifamily, I don't know how you do it. To me, that seems like an impossible task. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very good staff and they uh, it takes a certain personality type. They're wired for it. Yeah. yeah. 
That's good. It's, you know, it's actually, I just got into the management side about two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, as an owner, you know, I've seen property management from an owner's lens, but really just being exposed to it from the other side, managing third party over the last few years. Yeah. And um, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I enjoy it actually more than I thought I would. And I right. came, I don't know if you remember my history, but before I was in real estate, I was in the car business for 20 years. Right. And the car business is, I don't know, for lack of a better term, it's kind of a dirty business. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it, it's just kind of gross. I think in some ways, not, not all car dealerships, but a, right. a lot of that business is like that. And so I was expecting, um, something probably a little closer to that when I got into property management and I, and I really right. haven't seen that level. So I think that, um, it's not quite as bad maybe that mm-hmm. a lot of people would, would make it out to be, I guess it, we, you know, we manage some bigger, newer complexes and stuff too, but we manage C and D inventory as well. Right. And it's, uh, you know, it can, I guess we're apartment brokers, so we've seen it all by now. I mean, you've seen cockroaches and rats and all the stuff. So that, that doesn't uh, probably impress you too much anymore, but (laughs) it's, you know, I mean, it's just people living, you know, and it's, uh, they they don't keep house sometimes the way we do, but it's just life. Yeah. And how, uh, I mean, I guess love to get an update on what you're seeing in the latest legislation and, and how you guys are handling, uh, you know, more stringent controls. Sure. So like uh, SB 611. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So when when we got rent control, oh, it was that in 2019, um, when they passed the 7% plus CPI limit, mm-hmm. I called it that day that as soon as we hit over 10%, they were going to make a new law that right, would cap right. us at 10%. So we've been, you know, for the first few years, we hovered around 9.2 to 9.9%. Yeah, yeah. Then of course, with inflation, we went to 14.6%. Mm-hmm. Where they come up with some of these CPI numbers, I I, I mean, I, I think they kind of pull them out of a hat, but because right. um, I think that inflation was quite a bit higher than that. But when the 14.6 hit, I had a lot of owners where we said, okay, it's time. We got to try to get these rents to market because the you know, the, the mm-hmm. market's moving too fast. You can't keep up on your rent rolls. And so my rule was, unless the owner um, really w- was standing firm against us raising 14.6, that's what we would do to try to get closer to a market level if the rent was below market. Right. And we had a lot of owners push back on that. And mm-hmm. I think that what it comes down to is the psychological element of like, I don't want to raise a rent 150 or $200 because I feel right. like, you know, it's not good and I might lose my tenant. And so a lot of them would cap out at, you know, 75 or a hundred dollars per month, which, you know, that's their, that's their call. Now that, um, SB 611 has passed. And of course now we're limited to 10%. We fall in line a little bit more with where Portland already was. I don't think that's Mm -hmm. a bad thing, but I will say that I think that all owners, um, will probably fall in line with, it'll become status quo to raise rents, uh, to the maximum every year, right? especially if you still feel like you're a little bit below market. So I think every, the vast majority of renters will see a rent increase now, whereas before it was kind of hit or miss, you know, mm-hmm. there'd be some years you might get a bump. I remember when I first started, I think rent bumps were like maybe $25 or $35 right. a year. Right. So now 10%, if your average rent is, you know, 13 or $1,500, you're going to be getting a $150 bump if you're still below market. Yeah. It's uh, ironically, the politicians are punishing the people that 
can afford it the least, which is the tenants. It's how it always works. Yeah. They always end up hurting those that they claim to be trying to help. And that's just, um, that's, I mean, you can go back as far as you want in government policy. And, right, and I don't, right. I, I don't think you could convince me otherwise. That's one of the reasons why I do own real estate is I don't feel like the government's ever going to step in and try to help me. So that's right. just how I, that's exactly how I want it to be. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Well, and, and what's, if you guys had an overriding philosophy that makes you different from the rest of the market with management-wise, what, you know, what would you say that is? Well, we've been around for since 1976, so mm -hmm. we have a really seasoned team, very professional. Mm -hmm. um, I am uh, also in the maintenance business, so we run a maintenance crew of about 50 people, oh, wow. yeah. um, fully staffed. And I think a lot of places you go today – um, you'll find that management companies are spread pretty thin. Management's right. not really rocket science. You just have to show up and, and do, there's a lot of little pieces to it. Right. And those things can get missed. Uh, the model is sort of flawed in the sense that everybody wants to grow their unit count, mm -hmm. but they're really, there, there comes a, a point where, um, you're, you're just understaffed to handle the, the business. So the better you are, I always kind of joke <laughs> that I find a good property manager and I might refer business to them. And like the first five people I send them, they do a great job. And then pretty soon people start complaining. Because right, right. Now suddenly a good man, it turns a good manager into a bad manager. Because <laughs> right. If they don't know how to scale and grow mm -hmm. their staff, um, growth is not necessarily the best thing um, from the customer you know, standpoint right, of having right. a property management company, you kind of want somebody um, who can handle the business. And so, um, yeah, I, I would say that is probably my, my main selling features. I feel like we're fully staffed. We're probably staffed yeah. to the point where I could grow 25 to 50%. And, um, and I wouldn't have to bring on a lot more people. So it's, it's good to be, it's good to feel like uh, we're not stretched super yeah. thin. Yeah. Like I've literally never heard that before from a property management uh, <laughs> that they're that they're not stretched then yeah yeah it's still still busy and efficient and effective and yet the structure is in place sounds structure is like. in yeah. place and i inherited that i mean i came right. in this is this i think it took them decades to get to the point i got right. to step in and just sort of modernize some some things and put my own spin on some things and right. uh so anyway i'm i'm having a lot of fun with it it's working well, good yeah, you're taking the. That's where I think a lot of property managers have a hard time is they haven't been in business for a long time, so you have they, they don't have what you're talking about. That makes perfect sense with the well, infrastructure. And, and when you start, you've got to manage for anybody because you need right. the business, and so right. you're taking properties you might not want to really manage. You're taking owners mm -hmm. you may not really work very well with. Right. You can't be quite as picky with with the business that you're mm -hmm. taking, and then at the same time you're trying to grow. And so, you know, you grow too many accounts that are really not the right accounts for you. And suddenly you're doing a poor job and it right. makes it very difficult to go to the next step. So I really, you know, I, I respect property managers. I, you know, I, I think as brokers, the way we look at it is the majority of property management companies out there really do a below, I would say below average or subpar job. I think there's a lot right. of uh, room for improvement. And I mean, that's what we're looking for when we're looking for deals for our clients or for mm -hmm. ourselves is, you know, room to run a property better. Right. And, um, you know, most managers are very um, reactionary, right? Mm -hmm. They're putting out fires and it's always right. like, it's always like plugging that other hole in the boat to make sure it doesn't sink and not really 
having the time to be forward thinking, to pay attention to, you know, are we really doing a good job here? And could we, is there a way to maximize our income or lower our expenses and really run this property better? Yeah. Always focusing on um, the urgent matters that yep. right right now versus uh, long-term thinking. If you're a seven habits yeah. person, then there's yeah, that, right? the quadrant, <laughs> like the urgent, urgent not important. Yeah, or, right, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. That was the first yeah. thing I thought of when you said that. That's great. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Well, let's have a little fun. Let's, let's uh, put on your broker hat now. Okay, you I got it. And I just want to say I really appreciate working with you because we're, we're, I guess you could call us competitors, but you know, I, yeah. you know, we're, we're all work cooperating brokers. We're, cooperative. In the market. we're collaborative. Yeah, we've closed several deals together. Yeah. It's always it's always fun working with you. Absolutely. So thanks for coming on, uh, uh, fellow collaborator. I, I guess you could say. So there you go. Okay, so we'll play a little game. Um, okay. I'll say uh, a statement or a trend, and then you tell me if you're seeing it yourself as a broker okay. in, the, in the market. Okay. And um, any thoughts on it? So we'll start with we'll start with like from the buyers buyers the buyer's perspective. Okay. okay. Um, the buyers are sitting on the sidelines waiting for prices to drop. <laughs> that should be the name of this podcast. Right. Uh, yeah, I would say I call it looking for blood in the water. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if you don't have to buy, but you want to buy, and I, I think most investors are opportunistic, mm-hmm. um, there is going to be some pain and there already is some pain. I don't think there's as much as buyers would hope that there is. Right. Um, but uh, at 100%, I would say that is correct, is that buyers have sort of been on the sidelines uh, just waiting for those sweet deals to start popping up. Got it. Well, that will lead me to my next one then is true or false. It's a more balanced market in recent years with more available properties for buyers. Sure. Well, we finally have some listings to talk about. That's right. a new thing. Yeah. yeah. We started doing listings here, you know, this year. And um, I'll be honest, I, I looked at a couple of them and I was like, man, we kind of forgot how to do this. Like, I mean, they got, right. you know, trying to figure out how to put together a package and do all the, you know, kind of do all the underwriting and study the deal and figure out where really where to come. It used to be, right. you know, somebody says they want to sell and you go, oh, I got, you know, five people on speed dial ready to go. Like, let's right, just do it right. So yeah, now now we have to work for it a little bit. I, I still don't know that it's, I mean, maybe we found, found some equilibrium just because there aren't as many buyers mm-hmm. and there really is very little inventory, but I sort of feel like this is not equilibrium. This is just some sort of a pause. It's like yeah. we're, we're in a purgatory right now and everybody doesn't, I think everybody has wishful thinking on what kind of market they want to be living in. Mm-hmm. And they all think that it's going to end up uh, we're going to end up in that market any day now. And really for the last 12 months, I've felt like everything was just somebody hit the pause button and we're all just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. Yeah, I agree with you. I would say my response to that is it still feels, uh, it still feels like there's not very much inventory. Like you said, it kind of reminds me of the, of the residential market a little bit where very had, much so. had some residential brokers on just because sometimes I see the residential market being a canary in the coal mine. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. I still think there are buyers out there. Uh, and, and, I, and like you said, I think it's kind of a weird thing where it's not like there's, you know, 30, 25 years ago, I remember there were 23 years ago when I first started, there's a ton of properties on the market. 
and there weren't as many buyers. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't feel like that. It still feels like there's not a lot of stuff out there. There's not a lot of options for buyers because there's not a lot. So, well, and think, I mean, as a seller, do you really want to come to market now and look weak? I mean, you kind of come yeah. out going, well, now's not a great time to sell. So if I come out and sell, everybody's expecting there to be a problem that there's mm-hmm. got to be got to be blood in the water. So I'm, I'm like you, I was always taught that um, commercial follows residential. And I think you're right. When you look at a home buyer, if I'm at two and a half percent interest on my house, right. and I decide I want to sell it, where am I going to go? I'm going to have to downgrade right. my house because now I'm going to pay 7%. Commercial interest rates haven't been had, had quite the drastic swing, but right. you know we have several loans that are in the mid to low three percent range. Mm-hmm. And today you can, if you're lucky, you get maybe five and a half to six somewhere in that bracket, right? Right. So if you're going to sell, even if you can go out and replace the asset and find another good property to trade into, um, you almost don't want to give up that debt unless your loan is maturing, and that right. opens right. up a whole other conversation because now. Um, you really could be in trouble if your loan is right. kind of due and the, and the lender doesn't want to work with you. Yeah. Or, or you know, you, you got to get another loan at five and a half to six when you're at three, three and a half. And you four, may not you get know. cover and now you're doing right. a cash in refi or, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, it, it starts to bring up harder conversations and a cash in refi might not be the worst thing in the world either if you have the cash. But right. what if you have partners and one of them doesn't have the money? I mean, it just yeah. it start, it starts to sort of like... Um, like shake the ant farm, so to speak. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> and at some point, it's like you shake it so much, and then some something's going to fall out. Something right, gonna right. No, that's that's true. And and it, it, speaking of shaking the ant farm, when you hear like this week when they're talking about inflation numbers coming down, yeah. So you know, nothing ever stays the same. So this purgatory, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some interest rates maybe stay the same for longer. I, I think that the market moves based on what they say rather mm-hmm. than what they do. And then right. the, if they come out and just say, that we're going we're gonna to raise it and then we're done for a while, I think mm-hmm. we'll kind of be back to the races a little bit, right? I mean, right. we'll figure out where cap rates are supposed to be. We'll figure out where the deals are. Right yep. now, nobody knows. We don't know where does it stop. You know, right. is it, right. is, are they going to stop it? five and a quarter, five and a half, or are they going to stop at six or 10 or where, where yeah. does it go? So yeah. I think the stock market has something to say about that. And they feel like we're going to get at least one more bump this month from the fed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next month, maybe we get one or maybe we don't. And then they think that they're going to, they're going to pause. But um, I think they just need to come out and say, we've made significant progress on inflation right. And we're going to hold off for six months before we do anything else. I think if you do that and you just sort of let everything settle in, at least from our, in our world where we're trying to get transactions going again, I think that's what it takes is just, and the banks too. I mean, let's not forget there are buyers and sellers out there, but unless you can get a lender on board, we're all just on a treadmill. Like we're not going anywhere because you've got to find the funding for it. And that's been really difficult because the banks and and credit unions just aren't really doing a lot of lending right now. Yeah. Yeah. Great points. Okay. Um, here's one that's maybe over the last 12 to 24 months, uh, long-term Oregon owners, uh, are selling and leaving Oregon for their investments. (laughs) (laughs) You certainly hear that a lot. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, in the trenches, in the trenches, have you seen that? I mean, 
I think I hear I think I hear more people complain about it than I actually right. see people make the right. move. We have seen some some folks uh, specifically want to leave Portland. I will I will say this. Yeah. We have the we have kind of this trend, and I think this is something for people to pay attention to because I'll sit in a room with all my brokers and I'll say, Who, okay, what do you got? Where are your buyer needs? What do they want to buy? Right. The buyers that they do have will go, okay, they want, you know, whatever, $3 million, $5 million, whatever the number is they're looking mm-hmm. for. And then they'll say, I say, okay, well, what part of the state do they want to be in? Well, they'll go anywhere from Vancouver to Eugene, no Portland. Right. Like, it's almost 100% of the time their buyers are saying they don't, or at least Multnomah County. Right. Maybe right. they'll go out, you know, they'll go outlying Clackamas or Washington County, but um, certainly no Multnomah County. So the rules that they have uh, you know, put in place mm-hmm. are really driving away investment interest specifically from Multnomah County. It's making yeah. it much harder, um, you know, I think to bring people into that area. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I tend to run opposite the pack. And, right. um, and so we're actually looking for deals in Multnomah County. And um, I think that everybody should be paying attention to that because I think that if you look I remember I haven't been doing this as long as you have, but maybe I've been in since uh, 11, so 12 years now. And um, in the, I, I can remember always looking at Portland rents and Salem rents, mm-hmm. and Portland was close to double, I think, really. Like when our average rent right. in Salem was around $800 for a two-bed, one-bath, yeah. Portland was like 1800 Yeah, And now you look at it today, Salem's at like 1400 Portland's at like... 1400 or whatever. So everything has converged Mm -hmm. and the rents are about the same. I believe that one day Portland will, uh, will be trending upward again. And I think those rents will take off. And I think there'll be a huge opportunity for the investors who saw that, who took a chance on Portland. I don't think Portland is just in a, in a perpetual downturn. I think it will, I think it will make it, I think it'll make a comeback. Well, yeah. I mean, especially you compare it to Seattle or, LA or San Fran, it's just, it's still less expensive. So, mm-hmm. well, uh, uh, thanks for playing the game. I mean, we need to come up with a, a name for this game because I, I have to do this again. <laughs> trend or no trend. I don't know. <laughs> Tren- trends with Bernie. There you go. I like, I like that. Well, uh, this has been really great to compare notes and uh, do the uh, chalk talk. Gabe, appreciate it. And, um, What's the best way for people to get a hold of you if they've got questions about the market? Oh, well, I'm an email guy. So Gabe at SMIRE.com is the best way to reach me. Well, fantastic, Gabe. Thanks again. And I'm sure we'll be in contact later and love to have you back on sometime in the near okay, future. Okay. Thank you I'd very much for it. listening. Thanks for having me on. If you like this Thanks, episode Gabe. and want to hear more, subscribe to our podcast where we release new episodes weekly. If you want more information about the multifamily market, go to my firm's website, josephbernard.net, click on the Contact Us page, and sign up for our apartment e-newsletter. As a bonus for listening to this podcast, I will answer any apartment investing questions you may have via email at bgarrett at josephbernard.net. That is B-G-E-H-R-E-T at josephbernard.net. <laughs>